This is a reason why some Christians stop believing and even to the point of claiming that God doesn't exist. Because at its root, the rejection of God is not intellectual. It is because of the hardening of the heart. This is why all of us can get to the point where we walk in the futility of our minds in an unsuccessful search with no purpose and reject God because all of us can harden our hearts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Andrew Roman Show. I'm so happy that you've tuned in. Happy Monday. I hope you've had a great weekend, depending, obviously, what day you're listening to this. If you're listening to this right as it comes out, like right at 5 a.m. on audio, 12 p.m. on YouTube, hey, what's up? How you doing? I hope you're having a great day so far. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Andrew Roman Show so you can keep up with all of our content and our latest news, like if we were a news channel, right? And subscribe, obviously, on YouTube. Follow on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, last thing, um, it would mean a lot to me if you went ahead and actually gave it a rating on podcast. You have no idea how much ratings actually help the podcast get to even more people. So it would be extremely helpful. Go ahead and do that. Last weekend, we had something amazing, groundbreaking, history-making, all the other... Uh, adjectives that I can describe this event. Yes, we had our first ever question. It it was amazing. Thank you so much to everyone who came. Don't worry if you weren't able to make it. um, You know, last last weekend, we will have more coming up here soon. That's why you want to follow us at the Andrew Mancho on Instagram. And obviously, if you're not in the DFW area, again, do not fret, do not despair. We will have something for everyone. We really had just such a great time answering honest and pretty tough questions. I mean, we talked from how to hear God to why does a good God allow evil to exist to very tough questions like, can someone be gay and be a Christian at the same time? What does that mean? What happens if someone's transgender and they've already transitioned and then they become a believer? How should they identify as a man, as a woman? Should they detransition? What does that look like? And why does all of this matter? Yes, that's what we talked about. So you don't want to miss the next question. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's very close to my heart, to be honest with y'all. And of course, we always go deep every single time. Uh, But today I want to ask the question and hopefully answer it of why do some Christians stop believing? Why do some Christians even become atheists? That's a tough question. I can remember first asking myself this question years ago, you know, back in the 80s when I was in college. Okay, I'm not that old. It's a joke. Um... What was it, like 20? I don't know when it was. But several years ago, I remember my first world religions class in my community college. Man, it was fascinating. We learned about Islam, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Taoism, all the different isms that you can think of. Yes, we studied them. And for the final project, we had to go to a religious service of one faith. It couldn't be your own and write a report. So I'm a Christian, so I couldn't choose a church. So my group chose Islam to study Islam. So we went to a mosque. And then we I remember we went one Sunday night uh, to an Islam 101 class. And what made this class the most interesting was that the teacher used to be Christian. That's what he said. He grew up Christian and now he converted to Islam. And, you know, he claimed that both uh, Judaism and Christianity came up short and Islam was the fulfillment. And where those religions went wrong, Islam went right. 
we'll have to make a whole nother episode to try to respond to that claim. Uh, but afterwards, that question kept bugging me. Why did he stop believing? Like, why did he stop reject his Christianity and, and accept something else? You know, as Christians, we're always so focused on spreading the gospel and helping others believe, but why would some Christians stop believing? Why would people leave the faith? That's the question I asked myself, and maybe you've asked yourself that. Why would other Christians convert to other faith or or leave it altogether and deny God's existence completely? You know, I, I came across this again, discovering a prominent atheist scholar, Bart Ehrman, very prominent, especially he's a scholar of the New Testament, uh, I guess ironically. And he was also born in and in, in raised in the church, um, you know, obviously not born in the church, but his family were Christians. He was raised in the church and was was a Christian for many, many years. And now he's one of the leading voices against the Christian message. I mean, years ago, this happened where Joshua Harris, right, the author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which I read as a teenager as like, this is the book to know what if, if Christians shouldn't date, what should they do? And now he's no longer a Christian. Oh, you have worship leaders from Hillsong saying, I'm no longer a Christian, or other Christian artists saying, no, I no longer believe in that, or some become atheists. Not to mention the seven to 10 young adults that never come back to church after going to college. Now, that doesn't mean that all those seven, you know, became atheists, but we can probably say, you know, confidently that a good portion leave their faith. In fact, you might be listening to this right now not sure if you yourself believe in God to begin with. Maybe you wouldn't say that you're an atheist, but maybe you just no longer believe as much of what church has taught you. And I'm talking about the key tenets of Christianity. You're like, well, I like Jesus and I believe in Jesus, but I just don't think he's the only way. You know, I think that everyone, as long as you have a good intention in your heart, you're going to you're gonna make it. You know, you're going to be okay, and, you know, you deserve to go to heaven. And, or maybe you say, okay, well, yeah, maybe Jesus, but to be honest with you, I just don't understand the reality of evil and how good God allows. And so, so what happens? Although everyone has their unique story of those that have left the faith and they have their unique story of why they did it, Today, I hope to share with you how this process tends to happen and how any one of us can come to the point of becoming atheists. Wait a second, what did I say? Okay, point of clarification. Just because someone becomes an atheist, believing that God doesn't exist, doesn't mean atheism is true. Did you catch that? Just because someone believes that God doesn't exist doesn't make atheism true, right? Believing that God doesn't exist doesn't make him not exist. Just like believing that he exists doesn't make him exist. If he exists or he doesn't exist, that is independent of our opinion. So when I say that we can all become atheists, I don't mean that atheism could be true or can be true. And by the way, P.S., I have some great uh, episodes about the existence of God and some more to come. So don't, don't miss that. But how does this process work? How does one who once believed in God, went to Bible school maybe on Sundays, went to every youth group, youth conference, and then all of a sudden becomes an atheist? I mean, this happened to a dad 
I read a testimony in North Carolina that his daughter was the number one girl in youth group, just a picture-perfect Christian girl, had all the, you know, Christian scholarships. She went to all the Christian conferences. But instead of going to a Christian university, which sometimes is not like that much different than a normal university, she decided to go win the North Carolina State University for Christ, right? Let's go, let's go spread the gospel there. Well, she went off to college, and four weeks later, she called her dad and said, uh, Dad, I no longer believe I'm an atheist. Um, what? In four weeks, you think, ah, seriously, like what in the world happened? Like, how does this process happen? Imagine the shock of the dad. And can I be honest with you? I don't know where you're at. Because this show, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm very sincere about it. And I'm very um, open about it. But in this episode, I don't know where you fall. Maybe you consider yourself an atheist. Maybe you know friends that are atheists who were once Christians, or maybe right now you maybe consider yourself a Christian, but don't really believe that much. How does this process work? Well, in a letter written to the church of Ephesus, the Apostle Paul explains to them how this process works. This is what it says, and it's Ephesians 4, uh, verses 17 through 18. This is what it says. So I tell you this, and insist on the on the Lord that you must you most man what type of accent is that? So I tell you this and insist on the Lord you most not longer live as Gentiles. Okay, sorry, Let, let's go back. Y- y'all know how I am, man. Sometimes I get distracted with my accents. So this is what he says, verse seventeen. So I tell you this and insist on the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, you might say, okay, well, I didn't hear the word atheist in there. But you have to understand when Paul talks about Gentiles here, he's talking about unbelievers, non-believers. Yes, atheists are probably the definition of someone who doesn't believe in God, right? Indefinitely, if doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in Jesus as God. So yes, that those are unbelievers, and he says that Gentiles walk in the futility of their thinking and the futility of their minds. Those, those are really strong words. Actually, the word futility there also translates as vanity in the King James and comes from the original Greek word. Are you ready for this? Matayotes. Wow, my gosh. I, <clears throat> let me put on my glasses. Yes, uh, I am a Greek scholar. And because I am a scholar, I must speak with a with an interesting accent, whether it be a British accent or a South African accent or an African accent. Because I am a scholar, I sound smart. That is the way it must be. So the Greek word is matayotes, which means not only depravity, but something that is profitless. Listen to this. The base word for that Greek word means an unsuccessful search folly, no purpose, a tentative manipulation, which is also connected with vanity and idol. Whoa. In other words, Paul's saying, don't walk like the Gentiles who walk with no purpose, depraved and folly on a profitless, unsuccessful search. I want to say some strong words. Atheism is futile. Believing that nothing created everything is futile. Believing that matter created mind is futile. 
believing that randomness and chaos created order and stability? Yeah, that's futile. Believing that matter is all that exists is futile. In fact, believing that science will be able to explain everything in the why behind the universe and provide the basis for morality is an unsuccessful and fruitless search. And Paul explains why this happens. I want you to understand this. So he says, why, why, is there, why do Gentiles or unbelievers walk in the futility, that means unsuccessful search, fruitless, void, empty, some words say, of their minds? Why? Because they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. This is a reason why some Christians stop believing and even to the point of claiming that God doesn't exist. Because at its root, the rejection of God is not intellectual. It is because of the hardening of the heart. This is why all of us can get to the point where we walk in the futility of our minds in an unsuccessful search with no purpose and reject God because all of us can harden our hearts. A heart does not harden overnight. It is a slow process in some moments seemingly undetectable, but sin will harden your heart. And I'll share with you two examples of how I've seen hearts harden, and even my own heart at times, due to two things. Bitterness and pride. Bitterness and pride. I want you to listen closely. One of the main obstacles for many people to come to faith in Jesus and some reasons why some would leave the faith is the fact of suffering in the world. It's as if God really existed. If he was really good as Christians say that he is, then why does he allow all this suffering all over the world? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Like why? I mean, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did my loved one die even though I prayed for them, even though I believe that they should be healed? Why does cancer exist? Why do natural disasters happen? Why does war and terrorism happen? And all the pain can either leave you bitter or better. Pain either draws you closer to God or pushes you away. What about you? Have you allowed your heart to be bitter and allowed bitterness to take root in your heart, maybe there's something that you don't understand why it happened. Like, let, let's just be real, real talk right now. No one else is listening. It's just you and me. Is there something that you're in the happen in life that you're like, God, why? Like, what the heck, man? Why did this happen? If you really were good, if you really existed, why did this happen? And you think that if God really loved you, he wouldn't have allowed it to happen. Or you may be a bitter against your parents and the mistakes that they made and you pin it on God because they're Christians and you're like, you know, you should have raised me better and you messed up and you did this and now I'm blaming you for this. And you, you blame it all at the end of the day on God. See, bitterness can take root slowly. If you never take the time to process through a painful event, a traumatic event, if your questions are just shut down and you ask why and people say, well, it's the will of God, don't ask. Or you say, okay, well, why did this happen? Because the Bible says so and period. And you're kind of shut down. 
if your questions were never taken seriously, or you've decided not to forgive someone, before you know it, your heart is hardening. Or maybe you have allowed pride to enter your heart. Pride doesn't always show itself in the way that we walk with a puffed up chest. Haha, <laughs> look at me. That's not always how pride shows itself. Pride can look like being so convinced of the way that you think that if we can't understand something, it must therefore not be true. Pride says that if you just think long enough and hard enough, whatever conclusion you come to must be true. Because you're pretty smart, right? You can't ever really think wrong. Pride is believing that no one else in the room can truly understand what you're going through or can understand the way that you think. Pride says that whoever really disagrees with you disagrees with you because they're wrong. Not because you might be wrong or the truth might be outside of you. No, it's because they're, well, they're wrong. Pride hardens your heart. You go to youth group every t- every time, but man, you just don't take your leaders seriously, right? Because they don't know as much as you know. Yeah, I know your parents live like 30 more years of life than you, but really, do they know more of life? No, come on, man. You got Instagram, bro. You got TikTok. They didn't have that. They're out of date. Pride hardens your heart towards your parents, towards faith, and ultimately towards God. Pride says, my way or the highway. And if God doesn't act or respond the way I think he should, then he must not really exist. Pride only counts the evil that is done to you, but then discounts and downplays the evil that you do to others. Because no one puts themselves in the picture when asking why evil exists. Right? Everyone's like, God, why do you allow all this evil and all these terrorists? Why don't you deal with evil today? If God dealt with evil today, you and I would disappear, my man. Because yes, we're also part of the problem. And I'm going to make a, a whole episode answering the question, like, why does God allow evil? And in, during question that we actually answered it. So we're going to see if that recorded to see if we can submit that. But pride and bitterness can harden your heart. That's the truth. This can happen to anyone. You see, working backwards with what Ephesians 4, 17 through 18 says, it means that the hardening of hearts causes ignorance, which is also translated as a closed mind. This is why we have so many people reject the truth of Christ, even if when it's reasonable to believe it. Even when the evidence points to it, they reject it. Why? Because they've closed their hearts, and because they've closed their hearts, they've closed their minds. When you harden your heart, you will then close your mind and live apart from the life of God. And through traumatic events, bitterness can enter our hearts and And this is why it's important. Then our hearts harden towards the things of God. We close our minds and we say things like, oh, I just don't agree with it as a way to dismiss the evidence proving Christianity is true. How many times have you said that? When someone says, hey, have you ever, you know, said maybe the Bible says this or or Jesus says that, that, you know, we should just follow him and other ways are not are not ways to heaven, they're not ways to the Father, or, hey, the Bible says that this type of um, behavior is wrong, and you're like, oh, I just don't agree with it, as if that's the, that settles matters. No? Wait, we close our minds. And naturally, because we've hardened our hearts and we've closed our minds, naturally then we live a life apart from God and our understanding becomes hardened, so then we start believing and accepting things that are futile and make no sense 
like nothing created everything and then we become an atheist or even controversially we accept things that are futile and nonsense like men can be women or men can menstruate men can have can be pregnant and you're like what in the world why are we believing all these things that are nonsense in this world is not because it starts with the belief it's because it starts with the heart because our hearts have been hardened by bitterness and pride and really sin in general because pride because you do understand that our whole sexual problem in our cultures do really to pride because we've tried to recreate ourselves and say, God, I can do it better. No, no, you messed up in me. You got it wrong. I'm not a man. I'm actually a woman. And I'm going to recreate myself because you got it wrong. We're trying to play God. When God said, wait a second, wait a second. You don't know how to make yourself. <laughs> I've made you wonderfully and fearfully. I've made you. And if you're having trouble with your identity, the answer is not to throw away the handbook of who you are. The answer is not to turn away from the creator who actually made you. Culture doesn't know you. The world didn't make you and the devil didn't make you. Because if the devil made you, you'd be ugly, my man. Because he, mm, that guy, ugly. But God made you. And God has a plan for you and an identity for you. So how do we come to believe all these nonsense and futile things? The hardness of our hearts. So I, I want to ask you. How's your heart? Maybe you go to church often and you're like, I love Jesus, but are you allowing bitterness in any area of your life? Are you allowing pride that oh, you know so much? Because guess what? You can have a lot of scripture in the head, but none in the heart. You can know a lot of verses. You can know all the words to your favorite worship songs, but not let it come really to your heart. Because sometimes it can be hard. Romans 1 puts it perfectly, and there might be a little bit of a long verse here, but I want you to stick with me. It says this, it says, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, plain to who? To the wicked, really to the unbelievers, people like you and I, if you when, when we didn't believe in God. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. And check this out being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I, I love this. This is verse 21. For although they knew God because things were plain to them, as it is plain to all of us, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became, there is the word, futile. And their foolish hearts were what? Darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings, birds, animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over into their sinful desires of, of their hearts to sexual impurity, degrading their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creative things rather than the creator who is forever praised. I don't know where you are today with your heart maybe you don't really believe in god very much can we just be honest or at least not as much as you used to maybe you've realized that there is bitterness and pride that is hardening your heart it can happen to all of us no matter if you're a quote-unquote pastor's kid you feel like you're kind of losing your faith in some areas or just using losing your faith in god or you know someone who has stopped believing and is now an atheist, well, my friend, there is good news. The good news is that you and I can actually have a soft heart. 
A soft heart is not a gullible heart. A soft heart is one that will go where the facts and truth lead it. A heart that is hardened will reject the truth even if it leads it to the correct answer. Because, well, that is in fact what truth is. Now, I want to say this again. A hard heart will reject the truth if it leads to the conclusion that it doesn't like. A soft heart will ask the right questions, but then will accept the right answers, even if those answers go against the grain of culture. This is the story of one of the greatest and most influential astronomers of the 20th century. This is what he experienced. A man who in 1954 was portrayed by Fortune magazine as one of the top 10 promising young scientists. He became the, the first person in history whose job description was to determine the fate of the universe. This man was Alan Sandage. Alan Sandage started his career in science not really believing in God, like many scientists, but his goal was to discover the fate of the universe and he would go where the facts led him. After 30 years of operating a telescope and studying the universe, he shocked the scientific community in the conference in 1985. In the presence of some of the top minds in physics, science, astrophysics, philosophy, like Anthony Few, which arguably was one of the world's most prominent atheists, so in the presence of all of them, in his argument for the beginning of the universe, he announced his belief in the God of the Bible. So how did him and many other great intellectuals and thinkers come to the conclusion that God exists and millions more around the world? It's not because they believe in fairy tales or they have gullible hearts. No, no, no. It's because they have soft hearts and follow the truth where it leads. My question to you is this. How's your heart? We'll see you in the next episode of The Andrew Amon Show.